Hey everybody, welcome to KBD Radio. This is a podcast for kitchen and bath industry pros by the editors of Kitchen and Bath Design News. You can join us here twice a month for a chat with an expert about who they are, what they're about, and hopefully you'll learn a little something from their journey in the industry. I'm your host, Autumn McGar. I'm that one KBDN editor who owns 15 pairs of glasses and wears all of them, sometimes at the same time. In this episode, I get to sit down with Christopher Grubb of Arc Interiors Design Group in Beverly Hills. Uh, Christopher is a widely published and award-winning designer. He has launched product lines, including the CG collection and autograph by Christopher Grubb. His firm has been named one of the best interior design firms in California by Build Magazine, and he's also one of KBDN's 2017 Class of 50 innovators. Christopher, great to be chatting with you this morning. Well, thank you so much for having me. Great to be chatting with you. So how envious do I have to be of the Beverly Hills weather today? Ooh, um, well, it's going to barely make 70. How's that? Well, it's 32 here, so you win. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, there's a reason I live here. Um, Yeah, and we start complaining when it gets into the 40s. We're like, oh, my God, it's cold. Yep. Yeah, no kidding. Oh, man. Well, just to jump right into it, uh, <laughs> we currently uh, we know you as a successful designer and a product designer, but uh, let's take it back to kind of the very beginning and talk about the first kitchen or bath project you ever completed. Um, I'm kind of wondering, what lessons did you take away from this project? Wow. Well, I've had my business 25 years, and I'm gonna. what I went back to when you said that was, I have this project for this couple, and um, it's interesting interviewing somebody. He liked um, kind of European, modern. He's from Virginia, and she's from Hawaii, and she liked kind of Polynesian tropical. So that right there from the beginning is like, okay, here we go. <laughs> um, and so, you know, there's lessons in that were I had the clients pull inspiration pictures separately, and I don't know why intrinsically I knew that. Um, I have a joke when I interview on like some couples have a power thing in the couple, but no, because I think that <laughs> when they do it by themselves and we sit down, one of them may say, I don't get it. And then when the partner says, well, I like this right here. Oh, I didn't even notice that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so it was a chance for me to get in both of their heads of what they like. And as a designer, then I could start marrying the pieces together. Um, I think construction wise, you learn some odd things that, construction people do like the tile in the bathroom had been installed over carpet how's that for let's keep it simple now wait hang on they installed it on top of the carpet absolutely when we walked in day one i'm like wow the tile's really loose and they went to demo it's like um it's over carpet so uh (laughs) that was also you know there's been an over my career it's always there's certain things i'm like wow that's an interesting method my grandfather's a contractor so i'm very familiar with construction installation so okay it's always the joke of like oh that was really an interesting method um (laughs) and you know then i was i was really flattered that they they published the um, project in the la times and the clients you know i joke that they're like well we interviewed three designers i'm like three you know i was like well at least i got it and it was a referral from a real estate agent So there was a lesson in that as well of work, you know, nurturing these relationships that are referrals. Yeah. Um, And so that was, you know, and and they said that in the article that I, they felt like I really listened to them and understood them. And I, I tell people when they say what, 
is what's made me successful. It really is my listening, really like wanting to deliver on right. whether it's an interior, whether it's a product for a certain part of the market, you know, listening to what the trends are and what's going on. Um, and so, you know, overall it, it's, I learned another thing too. It's, you know, with couples, it's never compromise. It's always negotiation <laughs> right. is my saying. And, you know, she loved this tub fill that was expensive and, um, you know, there's always a budget. And he said, well, I said, well, what about if we work out that you get the heated towel bar you want? And that was it on the tub fill. Oh. So, um, and beyond the real estate agent who was nurturing the work with the contractor, phenomenal contractor. Um, we were a great team all together. And so it just was a lot of lessons in listening, getting inside a client's head, nurturing these relationships. And um, so it was very invaluable, a great experience. Those are super important lessons to learn, especially as I know a lot of designers, they're business comes from repeat customers and word of mouth. Have you found that that's kind of been your bread and butter as well? Oh yeah. 85% of our work's word of mouth. And so, you know, the relationships you build and the delivery of, you know, the end product, um, I'm big on customer service. Yeah. Uh, my clients aren't, my clients aren't billionaires cause they're super chill people. Um, and so, you know, keeping up with them, staying at one step ahead and, um, you know, I'm flattered. I'm mean, it's 85% in the trust that um, a, a client says, you know, work with them. And um, it definitely helps when you interview because the person, if they're nervous about yeah. a designer and what do you cost and stuff, I've got somebody already that said, you know, he, he'll get you, he'll, he'll really get you and, and deliver. So that's important. What questions have you learned to ask people in order to get to know them as people and what they need? Well, I think one of it is, you know, if let's say it's a kitchen project, my question to them is is more like what what's working and what's not working for you, you right. know, because I'll say I say this is a custom suit. We're making a custom suit. This is your yeah. chance to get what you want. Um so that's an important question. Sometimes, you know, they want to discuss resale. It's not a question I immediately ask. It gets brought up and I've had clients spend six figures on a master bathroom and they think it'll help resale and it sells and the next person comes in and demos it. Right. So, you know, we just, dis we discuss the value of their pleasure, um, you know, for a little bit of extra money. And I think the design questions have, have done them, have been successful through pulling the images, through pulling pictures. And mm -hmm. I'm able to ask when I see those, you know, what do you like and, and what's a standout? And um, either it's for a, a client, a single client or a couple and, and just create a dialogue because I'm big on telling them, you know, we're creating a language. This design right. is, is a language. And um so that's some of the questions I ask. I like that. Um, kind of kind of along the same lines, um, you are, in addition to being a designer of spaces, are also a designer of products. You've released some product lines, which are often described as luxury products. So um, what I'm really curious to know is, what does the concept of luxury mean to you, especially in a market where your clients aren't necessarily like billionaires? Right, right. Well, I think, you know, luxury, I always talk about it. Luxury is it's something that makes you feel good. Yeah. You know, I, I joke 
I joke, you know, with our California green, when I'm in another city and the water pressure to me, that's luxury. You know, it's like, wow, all this water pressure. Yeah. It's a luxury. Um, so it really is something that creates, you know, a feeling of pleasure to, to any of the senses, visual or touch. And it's not a necessity. It's a, it, it's a little bit of an indulgence, but right. with my product, like I have a vanity line, um, several of the designs were interpreted from a very high end, um, project. And so to me, it was bringing affordable luxury to um, the marketplace because it sold through big box and, and then some of my, yeah. So, you know, that part and, and just the quality and the quality has to be there. My name's on it. And to be able to bring that, to be able to bring a $15,000 vanity to, for $2,100 is amazing, you know, amazing and uh, love that. And then the other parts, like my lighting line really is about the finishes and the quality and mm-hmm. um, the new, my working with California faucets, it's the same thing. It's Theodore Alexander, their quality of the lighting that they want to do. And, you know, I want to respect their name and, and my name. And, and I think to a customer that gets the investment in it, yeah. you know, you spend a little bit more for a faucet up front versus you're replacing it two or three times in the life of the bathroom. For sure. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So sometimes the penny wise pound foolish um, plays in there. Definitely. And, you know, how have you found that the idea of luxury maybe changes from client to client? Well, I think that, you know, luxury is really never about price. As I mentioned, it's really how you feel. Um, when I speak in Las Vegas, I talk about Vegas had a big effect on luxury. You know, oh, yeah. years ago, here came natural stone. Yeah, I really see that of natural stone and, and some of the better hotels higher end, you know, multiple shower heads yeah. and finishes that people didn't have in their own home. And what I discovered when I started was people wanted this kind of retreat for their bathrooms, especially this is more specific on that. Yeah. And I, you know what I mean? That that was really just this experience they wanted to bring home, whether they wanted a spa feeling, whether um, they wanted kind of a, a darker, richer stones and, and granites at the time. Yeah. Um, so I, that's one thing I think really affected it. And luxury is again, it's this experience for, um, you know, a lot of it's visual. We'll use a porcelain tile instead of natural stone. Um, most of our projects are natural stone and I've never had a client call and say, I wish we hadn't done natural stone. You know, it's, right. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? It's, it's done very well and I'm respectful of a budget, but sometimes, you know, they'll, on the natural stone, they'll say, wow, can we save a little bit of money? And it's like, okay, but but let's say we save $2 a square foot and you need 800 square feet at $1,600. I'm respectful of the budget. Yeah. But what I'm afraid of is you were going to walk in every day and say, darn it. Why didn't we? Right. <laughs> you know, I, you know what I mean? Right. Sometimes it's about overcoming the initial, the initial sticker shock. <laughs> yeah. It, no. And it always is. Nobody ever says, wow, that's all it's going to cost. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so I wish I'd love that day. So, right. um, I think I think that making sure there's a value in one's pleasure. I think that's a luxury. And I want my clients to walk in every day and, and love what they have and feel it's them. And so, yeah. um, so 
you know, that's, that's the reward of my business. That's, you know, it's a tough, tough, tough business. And, um, the work to deliver your vision and, and what the client wants, that's the reminder why I went into this business. How do you, um, guide customers into those decisions that you know are going to benefit them in the long run, like the natural stone countertops, that kind of thing, when initially they're resistant to it because of because of the sticker price, basically. Like, how do you help them make that decision without it feeling like an upsell? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good question. Um, well, part of it is, you know, I'm not making money on that. You know, we right. have the specs in for the contractor. Um, their inspiration pictures will give them away. So <laughs> if they, it really is true. If they, if they, the six pictures, a lot of times too, you know, it's, it's, I'm sharing the pictures. One example is, you know, both people and a couple show me the pictures and I'll just stop and say, you don't have window treatment on any room that you've shown me. Oh, right. yeah, we don't like window treatment. <laughs> and, you know. Yeah. And so I can point out to them, like, you know, you you pick natural stone for all of these. It will be a bit more expensive, but it's what you react to. And I think that's important to talk about your reaction to that and, um, you know, delivering that. And how are some opportunities that we can discuss that and select things? Because when we do schemes, I pick stuff at all different price points, yeah. you know, Um I've had, you know, natural stone on the wall that was $26 and the porcelain on the floor was 450 a square foot. And uh, um, so it really, it worked beautifully together, but it really is just the discussion and goes back to, I don't want a client to feel like they compromised. And right. so I let them know I'm not making money on the, if you buy a counter, I might make a couple hundred dollars, but this is not a windfall. Right. Um, they hired me to create something beautiful for them. And um, I've actually interviewed a couple people and what they want and what they thought the budget would be. I've said, call me back in six months. Right. Um, I I'm just too nervous. I'm nervous that you're going to be disappointed. And right. I'd much rather get their respect up front. It's my reputation, you know. Absolutely. you got to cultivate that kind of trust. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a very much trust. You know, I, I say when I'm interviewing, we're going to be dating yeah. <laughs> and, um, cause it's, it becomes a very, very intimate relationship of learning personalities and emotions that go with this. It, it's not just buying something you're, oh, yeah. you're going, you know, it's, you're going through construction, you're going through all these strangers in your house. If you're trying to live in it, you're going through not being able to use a facility, kitchen a bathroom or whatever so um yeah that's that's part of it so you can basically just say like listen you trust me and i know you and you're going to probably want this down the road yeah i think it, it takes a little bit of time to do that you know yeah. on the interview it's like okay are, you know i'm not inexpensive am i going to be respectful of the time um those things come out and then after a little while, a bit of while after a little time you're spot on where yeah i ask early on do you want to be copied on every email do you know what what are you comfortable with with our communication and then at some point it's like i'll show something like look you get us just that's part perfect you know it's it's they get to a point where there is a trust that they know i understand them um 
and some clients have control issues and they want to be, you know, work on everything and be involved in everything, which is absolutely fine. I'm yeah. creating it for them, not me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know, uh, just to just to kind of switch gears a little bit, I'm curious, how did you first start designing product lines? Like what made this a natural next step in your career? Wow, it's, it's an interesting question. Well, first of all, anybody that wants to go into product design, we've done so much custom furniture. And when I started with my licensing agent, um, he said, do you have custom furniture you did? We can consider making, you know, putting, creating a line. And so here's a room. I'm showing the whole room. I'm like, see the table over there? And he's like, oh, you don't have a photograph individually. And I said, no, you know, I never <laughs> thought about it. So anybody that thinks they want to go into, could be licensing, it could be self-production, Make take a picture of any piece of furniture <laughs> you do. Try to make it a catalog shot, learn from my experience. Right. And uh, so, so I was really fortunate. I have a client um, that owns, um, is a partner in Modern Bathroom. And um, I, I had done a couple projects for him and, and he, were, they were buying and importing and, and they were at the point they wanted to create their own signature product and have a designer work on that. And it was an evolution that it was originally, they wanted to go mid market, um, a better, like good, better market. And, mm -hmm. um, they, the experience, you know, I love them. The experience wasn't completely there. That's such a special market. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm flattered. One of my vanities got nominated for product of the year out the door. And, you know, it was incredibly flattering, yeah. but what's been wonderful about the time now. So I mentioned, I had, a, so what happened on my licensing agent approached me at the bold summit and, um, you know, knew I had this line and asked if I thought about going, expanding into more product. Mm -hmm. And so that's, Part of what the transition was, like California faucets, I'd known them for eight years as a customer and then personally, and so they could watch, they watched my career, and, and I think, too, that was a natural one, and Theodore Alexander was a partner, um, it was somebody that my licensing agent already had a relationship with, um, Laguna Text owns a company based in Mexico that they're wanting me to bring it into the market, but what I think is amazing now with product design is I'll go to shows and let's say it's a rug company and sure. they will list, yeah, they'll list like their designers that do product. I don't know the designers. I may not know their name, mm -hmm. um, but they're from different parts of the country. They have a different point of view. They have um, one you, you need to have, you know, of course you need good designs. I mean, you need to do something that's original. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, it can't just, you, you, I'm lucky. I, I, I think what happens too is my experience is it's about, okay, here's what I don't see on the market or here's what I think is missing or here's what I think would be helpful yeah. um, for designers to have. Um, so that, that I was fortunate. That's how this um, transitioned. Um, I love doing product because it's just this piece that's this very intimate experience of creating individually and, um, and you don't have a client, you, you're, right. you know, you have a manufacturer, but, um, you don't necessarily have the emotions of a client. 
Right. Now, when you're designing a product, do you find that you design with kind of an imaginary project in mind or one that you've perhaps already done previously? Wow, great question. Um, your questions are really good. Oh, gosh, um, <laughs> I think, yeah, um, honestly, like when I'm designing faucetry, I cannot look at faucetry because <laughs> I'm afraid it will skew me. A detail will skew me. Um, I just kind of use imagination. It's such a great question. Um, it really, I just start sketching like if I can do transitional, traditional, contemporary, and it's just a lot of sketching. And I might get into a zone that's more contemporary. And then all of a sudden I shift over and it's transitional and a little more leaning traditional. And it it really is... I can't say it's based. It's it's more about something I'd like to use on a project, or I think designers would be excited sure. that it's different because us designers are always looking for something new and different. Yeah, that's you know that's super interesting because I feel like it's almost born of a kind of frustration of not having what you wanted available for your projects. I know for and I know for some product designers that's specifically what what has happened over the years they've thought about it um and I think too mine's more about the excitement of being able to use it on a project um because it's so different and unique yeah and I don't look at faucets to design I I look at architecture and I pick up elements and details and shapes that aren't aren't being used and um right. They're, reson they're resonating with the manufacturers, and they, they're comfortable. They know the market, and they feel strongly that um, they're going to be a great addition to the market. But I do know some designers, you're right, they're frustrated, and they're like, okay, I'm creating this because I yeah. can't find it. <laughs> they're yeah. just fed up with it. <laughs> now, yeah. uh, by the time this episode is released, it's going to be mid-December. Um, so as we come okay. to the end of 2019, what do you think was your biggest accomplishment this year? And uh, kind of what are you looking forward to in 2020? Well, I think, um, you know, I, uh, the, the uh, awards we've gotten, the um, accolades, the, the recognition, you know, my mother thinks I'm famous. I don't want to be famous. I want to be respect, uh, you know, respected, you know. <laughs> Um, so the, the fruits of all of the efforts to launch the product and, um, it's, it's involved, it's an investment, a lot of investment in your time. It's yeah. an investment in a way that you're starting a new company and you're not as focused on your main company as, as necessary because of the pursuit. So sure. to see the product coming alive to see the reaction to people. I think that's just been a, an amazing, I, I feel it's been a great, great uh, accomplishment for 2019. That's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm very happy. Thank you. So uh, what, what are you looking forward to in the future as, as we come to 2020? More product on the market. Um, Excellent. I think, yeah, I mean, of course, you know, I'm excited as things are continuing to evolve. Um, I'm, I'm really fortunate I have really great clients. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to being able to be a little more selective on some of the projects I take. I think yeah. other business owners will understand 
you have overhead, you got to keep the overhead going. And I look forward to being a, a little more selective on, on that and paying attention, trying to put the left brain, the logical brain on overhead, yeah. on, on, you know, the cost on pause a little bit to, you know, um, have the pleasure of why I went into the business and take a little bit more time with that. Take a little bit more time with projects that like really inspire you. Yes. Yes. Um, yes. As I said, a business owner will understand you have overhead. It's like, okay, we'll take the project. Um, it pays for an employee, but to really be able to, after 25 years, I think that I'm at the point I kind of deserve that. (laughs) Um, but the, but, but the overhead never goes away. It's, you know, yeah. it's, uh, I, my, my employees are family and, you know, as family and I'm the senior person, I've got to make sure they're fed. So that's yeah. uh, priority one. Well, listen, Christopher, it's been absolutely fantastic talking with you today. I really appreciate you taking the time. Well, Autumn, great, great, great to talk to you. Great questions. And I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, it's very sweet of you. Thank you. Thank you. And again, thank you to all of you for tuning into this episode. From all of us at KBDN, have a successful week. KBD Radio is hosted and produced by Autumn McGar with music by David Ayala. For more information about kitchen and bath design news, please visit our website at kitchenbathdesign.com. 